Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, God Loved the World. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We have both Zachary Brockhoff and Lars Olson here. Thanks for being here, both of you. Sure. You're welcome, Mark Mason. This week, we are in the second Sunday in Lent talking about ELW 323, God Love the World. Yeah, it's the second Sunday of Lent and we get uh, John chapter 3, um, everybody's favorite passage about Nicodemus and God so loved the world. So, um makes sense that Zachary, you're suggesting God loved the world, but tell us a little bit about this history, the hymn, the history of this hymn. Well, we know that, um, of course, John 3.16 is probably the most well-known verse of Scripture. It appears in all kinds of places. And um, this particular hymn um, first appeared in a hymnal um, teaching the chief articles of the Christian faith, and I, I couldn't quite figure out um, which article of the faith this was supposed to teach, but obviously somebody thought it important enough um, to include it uh, along with uh, the most important teachings <laughs> of Jesus and in a hymnal. So that's where it comes from. And um, and the first stanza really is uh, uh, a quotation of John 3.16. Um, so... Uh, but but I like the twist this actually puts on um, the way we're, we we hear this so often, um, and that it flips some of these words around um, and maybe makes us hear this uh, in a different way. Um, instead of God so loved the world, it says God loved the world so that He gave. So God's love um, in this way, uh, well, it's it's God's love that that causes this, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and not not that God loved so much, although that's not wrong. Um, but that God lo- God's love says, now out of that, because of this, I give give my son. Um, and I think in that way you can also hear this helpful in a helpful way alongside our friend Nicodemus, who um, <laughs> wants so badly to have some part in being born again. Uh, mm-hmm. And how do I do this? And how does mm-hmm. this all work? And um, the first stanza says, "God does it so that uh, we have uh, everlasting life. Um, <laughs> we have nothing to do with it." Um, and I think that's a helpful way to start uh, talking about John three sixteen and really what's going on in this entire passage. Yeah, you have to go a little bit deeper. I mean, to uh, into the hymn, but also looking backwards from John three sixteen into sure. Nicodemus to hear this. How can I be born from above, born again, and do a little bit of working on what that means? But finally, that's going to be be uh, mean being born through baptism, not being 
again, born, going back into your mother's womb and coming out again right. in some fashion, but, uh, but being born in faith, uh, being born through this word that gives you new life, not just the same old life, which is what God's love to save the world is all about. Yeah, and so in that way, I think this hymn is probably best sung around sermon time uh, rather than sort of starting with it. Um, you you want that context. You want the context of um, Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Um, it's interesting, it was to me in thinking about it, that Nicodemus comes to Christ by night, and uh, <laughs> here we have the passage that, you know, now part of what Jesus says is shared all over the world. Uh, we're not, we're no longer afraid to <laughs> to say this, right? Uh, put it, put it out at the sign at football games and all over the place. And, and yet um, it isn't all that often in worship that we take it up and, and are able to do something with it. So um, the rest of the hymn, while it doesn't seem overly connected to that particular passage, and in a way it's not, I think it goes well with the text. So, in a way, you ha you can start with John 3.16, which this hymn does, but then the second stanza and the subsequent stanzas start to unpack a little bit more about what that verse or those verses, particularly John 3.16, is saying. So, the second stanza takes up the matter of God's only Son who Christ is, um, not, just to, not just to hear this and then say, well, that's all, go home, folks, right? <laughs> we've, we've given you the gospel in all its purity and we have nothing else to say, but instead um, that God's only son comes to suffer death um, and that, that in, in that faith in Christ is where we have life. Um, so I think the second stanza starts to tell us a little bit more about this only son that came. Mm -hmm. um, the third stanza, then I thought, tells us that we can use this passage outside of um, football games, um, <laughs> which is really good. Um, it tells us where we can start to actually put this promise to use. And it says, if you are ill, if death draws near, this truth the troubled heart can cheer. Um, that that uh, this is how we're going to use the, the promise God has given, um, and that that God's coming to these to this. Uh, well, <laughs> Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and Jesus gives him this thing, and he's not quite sure what to do with it. But here, <laughs> here we we can be. Um, so so there, um, uh, the, the passage is given some purpose, and then you mentioned uh, baptism uh, being a, a central part of what's to come. Well. Stanza four picks that up, and it's really at the end. Um, it, it seems to receive somewhat of a random shout-out at the end. Oh, look, there's a little baptism reference, just in case anybody's interested. Um, but, of course, this is the major point of the passage uh, this particular weekend, and um, it links directly to the, to the conversation between Nicodemus and, and Christ, um, so that uh, the promise of everlasting life that John 3.16 is talking about actually comes now to you in baptism. Mm -hmm. um, so I think uh, it's a, again, it's a wonderful complement to to the, the complete text for this weekend, right? Where it starts out looking like, oh God, here's another paraphrase of the thing I've heard a million times. <laughs> you really get something worthwhile out of this the, the further you sing. Um, mm -hmm. so, so just in that way, I... I find it to be great. Yeah, I think it has a really nice progression just of what it is, like, so that God's love, which is being 
given and distributed to the world in Jesus Christ, then says who Jesus is, this one who dies. Sure. And then just like you said, it comes down to how you can use this. But then the next verse about baptism is all about not just how you might use it or right. how it's possible, but how it's been given, given. to sure. you. Yeah. Uh, um, and the, then it ends up, of course, with this kind of a doxology of, of praising the Trinity. So when you were talking at the beginning about um, the chief articles, it's got a number of chief articles in there, right? Sure. The Trinity is there. Uh, who Jesus is, uh, how this gospel word functions to give you new life, what, what Lutherans would call uh, the chief article, justification by faith sure. alone. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this uh, hymn is picking up on all of that together uh, when, you, when you take it as a whole. Well, the fourth stanza even says justified by Jesus' exactly. blood. So there, there it, it exists right there. And the, the fifth stanza, I, when I first read it, I thought, well, there's another stanza to the Trinity, um, which you know, ho hum, we sing those about every other week or every week, probably <laughs> if we're if we're doing our job picking worthwhile hymns. But but the truth is, I I think um, it's in another way an acknowledgement of of the Trinity at work, even absolutely throughout this whole passage, right? Where God the Father uh, loves the world, Christ the Son is sent, and now the Spirit is going to. Uh, 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 blow where he where he wants into baptism, which is also part of John. Right. Yeah, John's it's right. all part of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, all of this stuff. Uh, the promise then is that um, you're not just going to stand uh, on the second Sunday of Lent and sing to God, but actually now and eternally, you know, around the throne. I think that's there's there's a lot of ways you can take this, and it's it almost spells out for you what. What this weekend's gospel reading? The is hymn does all to, the heavy yeah, lifting. Yeah, it does for you. a lot of the heavy lifting. When I so, mean, when so many people stop at God loved the world, they just end at love. They think that oh my gosh, sure, God's love is is everything, and I don't need to say any more. But you do, and right. the hymn does does it for you. Yep, and starts to answer the the perplexing questions that Nicodemus can't quite figure out. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Um, I I think in a in a really helpful way. Um, and, and starts to say, you know, he's, he's ready to um, figure out how we can enter the womb a second time and be born. And, and, and finally, we're saying, well, as much as you had to do with your first being born, which was not much, uh, you have about the same amount to do with this second one. God's doing it. God's giving the promise. And here it is uh, just to sing out uh, for the congregation. So, yeah. Well, tell us, are there any other hymns that you would suggest for this weekend? There are. Um, one uh, we can pull out of the Lent section of the hymnal, um, which is not always the case. It's not like every hymn in the Lent section goes now uh, because we happen to be in the season of Lent. But um, ELW 321, Eternal Lord of Love, Behold Your Church, um, is is going to spend a significant amount of time in the latter stanzas um, speaking about baptism and being dead to sin and alive to God in Christ, um, which uh, if that's particularly where the sermon's landing in, in, in the passage of John 3, if you're not going to spend as much time in John 3.16, that might be a good option. You could also probably run off pretty easily to uh, the baptism section of the hymnal and find something that, that works. The one that I um, particularly chose was ELW uh, 451, well, it's one of the suggestions. Um, being baptized into Christ and and saying a little bit more of what that finally means, uh, being baptized into his death. Um, 
And again, giving praise to the Trinity at the conclusion. The other one, um, and I don't know, Lars, if you wanted to say anything about this, because I didn't, um, was uh, Lift High the Cross, um, ELW 660, which everybody sings um, at various points. Um, but uh, that particular hymn, because of uh, the, the serpent being lifted up and that reference in today's gospel... Yeah, this 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 Sunday is not referenced to have uh, numbers twenty one that the um, that is normally um, together with that lifting up uh, of the serpent that Jesus references. Um, so it's a it, it it can still work I think as a hymn lift high the cross because you're still reading John three sure. Um, but if you're not tying that back to uh, the the serpent and the lifting it of that mm-hmm. up, then maybe that's. Um, Maybe that might be a just a strange kind of choice, but that sure. depends what you're choosing for to preach on. For the, the one thing I thought about that hymn that, um, and somebody has said that "Lift High the Cross" itself, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, at another time on the podcast, is known more for its melody than anything its words have to say. Um, but I thought, well, this this isn't too bad. Um, in in that second stanza, saying that all newborn servants of the crucified bear on their brows the seal of him who died. You can hear this in the context of baptism and being sealed with the promise of the sure. spirit marked with the cross of Christ. And then furthermore, stanza three, that um, the prayer is draw us all to thee. Um, there's, there's a little bit of um, God's son coming into the world that all might have life. Mm-hmm. So, Yes, it's a little bit of an odd choice. You also, on uh, these Sundays in Lent, need, I think, sometimes something that everybody can just belt out and sing. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. No, I think I, I only meant odd in the sense sure. that you might not be what you're, what you're preaching. No, it's probably not the hymn of the day, I would agree. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.